This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Colton Briner has spent his entire career where the rubber meets the road between product development and branding on the one side and marketing and sales on the other side. This experience has enabled him to combine strong strategies with creative execution to help companies grow fast while spending less. Colton, welcome to the show. Yeah, right on, Mark. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm glad you're here. We were talking a bit before we pressed record, and I love your energy because I can tell you from looking at my statistics, when I have a boring guest, which I try not to have very often, uh-huh. people leave. Oh, sure. If they're going to give us their ears, yeah, they want to be entertained. And Absolutely. I can tell you have the energy. Right on. Great. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. So we're going to talk about how and why to become purpose-driven. One of my favorite quotes I've ever heard yeah. uh, is from Kathy Lee Gifford. She says that if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. So if you're listening to my conversation with Colton today and you're like, I don't know what my purpose is. If you can listen, your heart's probably beating. You have a purpose just because you haven't discovered it yet. Doesn't mean you don't have a purpose, right? Absolutely. They say the two greatest days, the day you're born and the day you find out why. (laughs) Do you know your why? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm here to, um, I'm driven by purpose. I'm powered by creativity, but I'm I'm here to really help drive a transition for the global business model to be something more than just a a profit model. And I believe that that can happen. I think it's underway. I think people are hungry for it. I think the world is ready for it. And I think that the mechanisms to get there are absolutely well understood. We just got to execute. Now, for the benefit of the listener who may not know what their purpose is, you probably weren't born with your purpose. You probably didn't come out of your mom and go, I know what I want to do. Uh So walk us through the journey to you finding out your purpose. Wow, great. I mean, it's it's been a long one, really. I've been uh, an executive in many startup, early stage companies over the last 20 years. And I've had the opportunity to kind of grow with them, right? We had the last one I was with, we made it to a billion dollar valuation. That was phenomenal. And all along the way, I've, as you kind of look backwards, it's easier to stitch together your path when you're looking backwards than, than looking forward. And I, I recognize that the most substantial impact that I've been able to bring to the companies that I've been a part of is to really help them to operationalize their purpose. Many, and part of that in many cases is to, to really crystallize what their purpose is, but then to to operationalize it, meaning to really bake it into the DNA of the organization. And I go, that's if I reflect on on my history as an executive, as a person even, that's where I have just been absolutely lit up. I mean, when I'm in that flow, I feel amazing. You know, it's it's a super rewarding experience for me. I find that I can do it well. And like when those two things come together, you're you're in the jam, you know? I can, I can relate to that, but I, I have talked to people on social media and from the stage, and they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, well, don't stress over it, because totally. if you're out there stressing, you're probably pushing your, your purpose away. So just li- like you said, just live life, and yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's my purpose. Yeah. I'm sure that you agree with me. I, I totally do. And it, I think that the exercise of um, pursuing things that you could potentially find interest in is something you should continue to undertake, right? So be exploratory, be curious, uh, find different sources, explore different podcasts, you know, take in information from different people. 
Um, I have uh, some guidance that I give to people on sort of building their tribe of mentors, or as my friend Sarah Armstrong likes to say, your personal board of directors. Mm, love that. Uh, I, I made a post on LinkedIn, I think it was last week, that categorizes the, the, the types of mentors that you can have in your life and the things that they can bring to you in your life. And there's, there's a pretty wide variety of ways that mentors can support you. Some of them can help you find your purpose. Some of them can help you deal with like things that you find emotionally challenging. Others can help you deal with you have major work surges. You have this support network in your life. And for me, I've benefited enormously from that type of, of a network. It's helped me find my purpose, hone my purpose, enact my purpose. I, I just can't recommend highly enough. And especially in a culture where I mean, it just seems like we're encouraged to stand up as islands. I think that that's totally the wrong direction. Mm. You know, I love how you say to just keep exposing yourself to different things. Uh, my wife and I flew back from seeing my parents recently, and I looked most of the people on the plane were either watching a movie or on their phone, and I'm reading a book because I want to continuously expose myself to different viewpoints, different way of doing things. And while there's a point where social media can help you, I'm more of a pusher outer. If that's not even a word, it is now <laughs> a pusher outer of content than I am a consumer. Because some social media sites, as you know, Colton, you can waste hours on. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, you're not learning stuff. You're just looking through memes and cute dog pictures and cute baby pictures. But what you really need to do is read books or go to yeah. trainings or go to conferences and meet new people because that's where the ideas are going to come from. Conference is a really good suggestion. I totally encourage that. I actually, I have, so my son's 16. Um, one of the things I have this thing I call the dad curriculum, right? And I'm just <laughs> sending him this whole, and it's part of the deal. I mean, it's like literally part of the deal. If you don't want to pay rent, <laughs> uh, you have to I love uh, it. <laughs> take on this curriculum. And I just find videos. I'm not, I'm not trying to push an agenda or, or uh, enforce any kind of a belief structure. It's just here's something that you maybe want to think about. And I always ask him, what do you remember from this video? How are you impacted by this video? And what are you moved to do after having watched this video? Right? Those are basically the three questions that I ask him every time. Um, and it's one of the things that I'm, I'm doing for him in this dad curriculum we're going to identify kind of the, the premier conference. Every industry has a premier conference, whether mm -hmm. it's hospitality, it's healthcare, it's construction, whatever. Every industry has one or two that are usually considered, oh, the big one this year is always XYZ. And uh, we're going to go. We're going to pick eight industries and find the premier conference in all eight industries. And we're going to go. We're going to listen to the keynotes. We're going to go and visit the booths. We're going to talk to uh, the CEOs, the founders, the innovators, the people who are making this stuff happen. And there, I, I have only ever found those kinds of individuals to be willing to have a chat, right? Especially when you're purely curious, you're not trying to sell and you're not trying to buy, you just want to understand. And that's the kind of exposure uh, density, if you will, that I think really creates a lot of value in a short period of time. You know, that is what you just said was incredible. The dad curriculum. <laughs> most people, they're just like, here, son or daughter, here's an iPhone, leave me alone. Hmm. <laughs> so have a dad. Now, I want to know how many other listeners have ever created a dad or a mom curriculum like Colton has, uh. because he is at least equipping his son with opportunities to learn things he may not have ever learned. 
he has taken the lead where a lot of parents, I believe, this is not the way I was raised, but the way kids are raised now, they're just like, well, here's the phone. Go figure it out yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like I have, as I reflect on my own life and sort of consider what I gained and didn't gain out of you know, public education, I, I have become aware of gaps and I'm still like honestly embarrassed about my level of knowledge about, about many things. Um, I don't understand the climate, right? But it's obviously important to understand it. You know, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, we should be informed. And so I'm mm-hmm. trying to find information to help them understand just what it is, man, right? How does that work? I, I don't, I, I, I didn't well understand uh, compound investing opportunities, uh, you know, like what is interest and in, how does the banking system work? So that's another thing that I, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing in his direction. Understanding uh, how, 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 like the physical structure of the body works and operates, right? Again, it's like we just come away with <laughs> little knowledge on some of the most important actual areas of human existence. So um, uh, that's the that's some it's a it's a backfill, if you will, mm-hmm. on what he's gaining in his public education. I love that because I had a guest on my show about a year and a half ago, and they were it's about end it forever, end it for good. It's about you know re looking at how we deal with drug crime. Mm-hmm. And I had one set of beliefs, one opinion. And I said, I'm going to read the book with an open mind. And I read the book and I'm like, wow, they make a lot of good points. Now I look at it totally different. Another thing you mentioned is climate change. So I've always heard, oh, it is or it isn't. And someone recommended a book called Unsettled. And the guy, totally geeky, nerdy scientist guy, yeah, he just... He, I'm, I'm still reading the book, but he's saying, here's the facts, because I think too many people are making decisions too quickly based on very limited information. Go read a book, especially go read a book from an imposing point of view, because they may have yep, yep. something. Wow. I haven't thought about that. But if you're only sticking to your side, yeah. you may miss a lot of information. 100% with you. I actually wrote down drug crime as a great topic. I, I wanted to understand, you know, sort of. The whole space of criminal and law enforcement, that's a topic that we don't understand much from public education, at least I didn't. Really good suggestion there. And the opposing viewpoint thing, I couldn't agree more. I mean, (laughs) which is ironic to say, Um, because uh, we do, we get into these reinforcement bubbles in our social, on our social media. I remember, and now it was a little over a year ago, I had TikTok on my phone and I I had been on TikTok for about 45 minutes (laughs) and I, I... I, I think the term I'm going to use is I came out of it. Like it would had been, I looked up from my phone and it, it just felt like I was coming out of a spell. Like I, I had been <laughs> yep. hypnotized and I went, whoa, this is powerful. And that mm-hmm. was the day that I took it off my phone. Cause I just realized how the mechanism of my mind had been hijacked by this thing. And I said, like, no, mm-hmm. this is, I got it. This, this is over now. It's coming off my phone. And I, I, I got rid of, Basically all of them. I got rid of basically all of the major the major uh, social medias. Well, I don't want to brag, but I'm very disciplined. So when I go to TikTok, I figured out how to post a video on TikTok and wow. not see anything. So you go to post <laughs> it, and then when it's uploading, it's showing you other videos. You hit yeah. the screen, it pauses it. As soon as my video is uploaded, I shut the video down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with Instagram, not the video, the, the app. So there's ways to do it because I got to push my content out there. Of course. But what happens is while you're waiting, you're endlessly scrolling. Uh-huh. 
that's what they want you to do. But if you touch the screen, it pauses the video. Your video winds up being uploaded and you leave the app. So I, that's how I do it because uh. these people don't understand. These apps are not your friend. They are there to waste your time. Man, right? <laughs> Forever. Totally. And even after you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely agree with that. Yes. So let's get back to purpose because sure. a lot of people, like I said earlier, are afraid. Oh, I'm 35. I'm 45. I'm 55. What's my purpose? Now, I will celebrate birthday 57 on June 21st, which is just next month. Right. And I didn't, it took me getting fired from my job in mm. July, 2005 to, to shake me. I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, but it shook me enough to start exploring. I went from wedding and portrait photographer. Um, to, <laughs> but the one thing that came out of that is yeah. now, remember we're talking 2005. Yeah. Facebook and Twitter are new. And there was no TikTok, Snapchat, or anything like that. Sure, yeah. But I decided I wanted to be a professional speaker and trainer, which got me into podcasting and online training and speaking and stuff like that. And I eventually found my calling in life to help people be more productive from somebody else. Someone said to me, hey, why don't you teach the world about being productive? And I remember saying to myself, I don't, where did that come from? I I, what? And they said, you are one of the most naturally gifted productivity people I know. Yeah. And I didn't think if it was a productivity guy. I, I just, agree, I by the way. Done. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. I've been I've been tracking your podcast here. And, and what I love about what you've done here is that you've set like the big hairy goal, right? The BHAG, as they call it. Yes, um, Jim the Collins. big hairy audacious goal. And, and that you've declared, you kind of put the, the plaque up on the wall and said, that's what you're aiming at. And it's, it, it's, it's measurable. It's audacious. It's something that you're passionate about. That's something that I really like to encourage at the business level when businesses are trying to identify and articulate their purpose, uh, that there, that there be a goal about it. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's a goal that can be achieved once and for all, right? Because the mm-hmm. idea of helping people improve their productivity, that's, for, that's a forever thing because there's going to be, always new people who need to increase their productivity and always new ways for uh, those people to do so. I, I think that if, you're, if you've got a, a sense of purpose, ask yourself, what is the end state, if there is one, uh, what, what could be the big, hairy, audacious goal that is associated with that purpose? The other thing I wanted to comment on as you were talking about a transition, transition is actually a really important part of purpose in my, in, in my experience. So, I actually posted about this on LinkedIn last week. Um, I call it the inertia of capability perception. And what this means is as you hang around with people, whether in your work or in your social circles, they will form a, a sense, an avatar of you in their minds. They have an impression of a lot of things. They have an impression of what of your physical appearance. They have an impression of your relational ties. They have an impression of your character, your personality, and they have an impression of your capabilities. And what happens is, you know, over the course of two years, five years, 10 years, of course, your capabilities are growing. And in many cases, by leaps and bounds. But the the people that you will hang around with, there is an inertia relative to the avatar that they possess of you in their mind. And they may not have uh, that avatar in perfect sync with your capabilities. In fact, it's almost always the case that it is not in sync with your capabilities. And what will happen as you interact with these people, your coworkers, et cetera, is you will detect even at a subconscious level, 
a disconnect between what you think you're capable of and and in most cases actually are capable of and what that avatar reflects that their sense of your capability and you'll be experiencing it on a subconscious level as a friction in your life as a friction in your expression of your capabilities and this is really important to just be aware of that that friction existing and why there's a natural and healthy skepticism about someone changing and shifting you know the, the the preservation of that avatar is healthy and good so it's not a bad thing that's happening but it is a thing that's happening so when you have transitions as you were talking about you get the opportunity to encounter people who have fresh avatars of you in their mind that reflect your current state of capabilities so one of the things that's really helped to recognize purpose and to step into your capabilities relative to purpose is to get fresh encounters right so uh, as you were talking about going to conferences, you're interacting with new, uh, let's say, business associations or social groups or even employed in new ways, that's where you start to see the major leaps in people's lives uh, as they approach their, um, their owning of purpose. Well, I will tell you, I'm writing notes here, so don't forget anything you just said. If you've never listened to the show before, what he's referring to about my big, hey, my big, hairy, audacious goals is I'm obsessed with helping 100 million solopreneurs bust through overwhelm by 2032. That is a huge goal. Now, some of that will be one-on-one coaching. Some of that will be through the podcast. Some of that will be through social media. But I want to hit 100 million people. And here's the here's the interesting thing about my BHAG, Colton, is I'll never know if I hit it. Because if, if someone is just following me on social media or they're just listening to podcasts and they yeah. never reach out to me, I never, may never know. But sure. I think, to your point, everyone should have a goal that scares the poop emoji out of you. It should be so <laughs> unattainable right now. Yeah. Like that. Um, it should be so unattainable. And that's why I wake up seven days a week. I mean, I was visiting my parents recently, as I said, and I was working my business every day, not because, oh, I got to go to work because I love what I do. I yeah. can't. It's like some people are addicted to endlessly scrolling on TikTok. Uh-huh. I am addicted to helping people. Yeah. That's a good addiction. And something else you said at the very end, I want to encourage people to keep your opportunity antennas up. You don't have to go to a conference or listen to a podcast. Just when you're out at the store or you go pick your kid up in school, oh, you never know when those opportunities where those learning lessons are going to come from. You don't have to go to a course or a conference. They are everywhere all day long if you're just paying attention. 100% agree with that. And and the more uh, precisely you understand what your purpose is. And especially when you have, when you're able to articulate a big Hariadish's goal, such as yours, which I think is so damn well executed. I mean, I really think you have crafted something beautiful and meaningful and people lean in when they hear that kind of a goal. They're like, what are you doing now? <laughs> I mean, they just, they just want to lean in and ask questions. Uh, yes. uh, and it's like, I know what you're doing. I know people who need what you're doing. I know I need what you're doing. That kind of clicking in people's minds is what you're looking for when you communicate about what you're out there doing in the world. Right. And mm-hmm. When you're in those those encounters at the grocery store, picking a kid up from school, if you're able to communicate concisely, right, crisply in, in, a, in a short sort of framework what you're doing, now people know. And if you're consistent about it and you're, and you're really putting that energy about it, that passion is coming through as you communicate it, that's gonna, that, that consistently over time is what's going to make it all happen. 
Now, I got to ask you now, right now, this is not a video podcast, but on behind Colton is a sign that says Scrappy AF. Now, this is a clean podcast, so we can't say what the F word is. I'm sure, listener, you know what it means. So where did the <laughs> <laughs> where did if you don't know, go Google it. I'm sure, sure. it'll be the, the first hit you get. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where did Scrappy AF come from? Do you feel overwhelmed and frustrated? Are you under a lot of stress? There's a better way. You only get one life, so why not feel peace and freedom and enjoy your life? You can. Find out more at 90daystobustingoverwhelm.com. This really is, so in my career, I think I mentioned, I have been really in small and mid-stage startups all throughout my career, right? Helping them to grow and and, um, even to reach billion-dollar valuations. And this is what it's been like. So I've been head of communications, head of marketing in these companies. And they say like, look, we need to go capture market share from deep pocket industry incumbents. We need to get to XYZ revenue by XYZ date. And I'd be like, great. All right. Yeah, we get that done. What's my budget? Oh yeah, you don't you don't have a you don't have a budget. Oh, that was funny. You said what was my budget? Um, so what I've had to do is really figure out uh, creative tactics and creative execution to make all of that happen. So when you are in, you know, time and time again, a situation where you are given massive goals to to tackle and then basically no resources to get after them, well, you get scrappy AF to figure that out. Mm. So I have crafted over my career a compendium of tools, processes, tactics, best practices, uh, templates, executables, you know, toward that end. And, and this is the, the body of, of knowledge and process that has become what is now Scrappy AF, my agency. Wow. One of my favorite quotes about posting on social media, and that's not just social media, I mean, blogs, podcasts, is by Grant Cardone. Uncle G, as us, as us friends call him, he says, kicking uh, posting on social media is like kicking bricks in the ocean. Uh, what that means is you can't post once a week and write a blog post every three months because there is so much going on every, forget about every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Yep. If you're not posting a lot, people are going to forget you. And that's why I love how Gary Vaynerchuk says, stop, uh, do- stop creating instead document. Because you can find out how to be more productive online, but they don't know my story. Totally. So people are, for some reason, who wants to know my story? It's your story. So if you follow me on Instagram or my favorite platform, believe it or not, is Snapchat. I love Snapchat. Uh I shared pictures from when I was on vacation with my parents. Now, I post them a couple days later. So I'm not in Orlando, but if you follow my stories today, it says I'm at the Orlando airport. Uh, News break, I'm not there anymore. But but I want people to know that I have a life. And so I think people should share... You know, sometimes I'm taking my dog for a walk or like we put my dog in daycare, doggy daycare for a week. And now she's a wet noodle for three days because she played nonstop (laughs) for seven days. Uh So I posted some of those pictures on social media to say this is what happens when you put your dog in daycare and she's really active for three days. She sleeps for three days, which is fun. Yeah. Let me. So this is actually really good that you said this, that there really is a lot of hesitation. There's an inertia as a term comes back into this situation as people have a sense of an area that they're passionate about, but get into this concern. I'm not an expert here. People don't want to hear my story. That that happens a lot. There's yep. there's that inner judge and, and that whole process that you have to deal with, actually have exercises to get rid of that. But something that's really valuable that I learned actually just in the last couple of years is if you're passionate about learning 
about something, that's a story people want to follow. Mm. So the idea of, of purpose in business and creativity in business, these are two areas that I'm super passionate about. And when it, when it came to this question about creativity in business, I, I couldn't put my hand up the, the day that I realized I'm passionate about creativity in business and say, and I know everything that, that you're going to want to know in order to succeed <laughs> with creativity in business. So the idea is this. I am fascinated by the role that creativity plays in business. And I'm going to be on a journey to learn how it works, who's doing it, who's successful at it. Would you like to come with me? Right? That's the way that you frame that story. You don't have to be an expert today. You have to be expertly passionate today. Mm. And if you're on a journey where you're just, you're out there admitting, I know as much as you do, but I think this is exciting. And if you think so too, come with me, right? That's compelling immediately. I think, you know, who does this really well is Tim Ferriss. Oh, yes. Tim Ferriss never said like, I know all of this. I know how to, um, in, in the four hour work week, you know, he yep. didn't say, I know every productivity tool to get this done. He said, I'm going to find out every productivity tool. Would you like to come with me? And then with Tribe of Mentors or Tools for Titans, same exact thing. I'm going to listen to people who know how to do this because I want to know how to do this. Would you like to sit in with me as I listen? Heck yeah, I do. Yeah, 100%. Well, Tony Robbins, his new book, Life Force, is the same thing. I've been listening to my daily runs. And it's like, I did not realize all these non-pharmaceutical options were out there. I'm like, oh my goodness. But had I not started listening to the book, I would know. And that's that's what we're trying to drive the point home to people. Get out of your comfort zone. Steve Harvey said it well. He says, you will never be successful until you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Wow. So many people want to stay comfortable, but you can't grow because you're comfortable. You're, you're on the most comfortable chair in your home and you're slouched down with a you know bag of popcorn and your favorite drink next to you watching TV. You're not going to grow. Well, you may grow you know, the wrong way, <laughs> but you, if you want everybody, I see successful in this world, the Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, you name it. They got out of their comfort zone. That's how they grew. So if you're sitting here going, well, I'm kind of comfortable, I would argue that you're probably not growing. Yeah. I completely share your thinking. I, I completely share your thinking. And, and there's actually the way that I divide this in, in, uh, in my own life is in my work, I play to my strengths. In my play, I play to my weaknesses. Mm. So if I if I recognize that I have areas to to, to grow, I'm going to focus on those in my avocations, in my hobbies, etc. Like outside of that space. In my work, what I do anytime when I was employed um, at any level, frankly, even all the way into my C-suite years, uh, every initiative that I undertook, I did for two reasons. I wanted to make sure that I delivered to the best of my ability for the business that had that initiative. And I wanted every initiative that I undertook to become a portfolio piece for me. Nice. I was just writing something there so I wouldn't forget what I, – I, I never like to interrupt my guests. So I, <laughs> write down, uh, I hope I can read my chicken scratches. Yeah, you know, It was one of the interesting things. What, I don't know where this came from, so just forgive me, Colton, and my listeners. So while you're talking there, I was thinking about Dave Chappelle. Uh -huh. So I heard someone said, Hey, Mark, you've ever heard of Dave Chappelle? Never heard of him. And you got to watch his Netflix shows right now. I don't get Netflix, but I got it for a month. I started watching and this guy is a brilliant storyteller. Yes. He doesn't just get up there and tell jokes. Knock, knock. Who's there? He tells 
not only stories, but he wraps stories within stories and the whole, the whole show is in the story. And so I listened to him, like you said, for two reasons. One, he's kind of hilarious yep. because no one is off the table. He attacks everyone. Okay. So he's an equal opportunity. <laughs> totally. <defender>. Totally. He does. <laughs> he doesn't. If you're a human being, he's going to make fun of you. But. I learn how he communicates. He doesn't rush his presentations. If you've ever never seen Dave Chappelle, go get Netflix for a month, watch his shows because he will say something and he'll just let the line ha- hang out there. Yeah. And that drives people crazy because they got silence. I got to fill the void. He is probably one of the best storytellers I have ever seen. Well, not ever, but probably in the last 10, 15 years. He has got his craft down so well. And you know what? He's a student. He doesn't think he's got it all figured out. He does it again. He tries new jokes. He tries new stories. And that's because he gets out of his comfort zone. That's what we're trying to share with the people. Get out of your comfort zone. I, I love this so, so much, actually. And what you said is valuable to me. Whether you're, you don't have to be a comedian to get value out of Dave Chappelle in, in both the ways. You'd like to be entertained, but you'd also like to understand mm-hmm. how can I level up? Yep. And, and the way that you communicate, no matter what you do, is a way that you can level up and, and watch, observing, I'll say, not watching, watching is the entertainment side, observing Dave Chappelle as he entertains is a great way to understand how to level up. And you're so right about that that pacing is so critical. So I, uh, in my youngest years, always as, as a side gig, I actually had a side gig as a professional magician. I was trained. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was trained by, I, I think I just leveled down in the view <laughs> of, the, of the audience. I was trained by uh, master magician Thomas Nixon. He's based out of San Francisco. Phenomenal, um, a close-up and parlor magician. Just phenomenal. And he would call me up every once in a while and he'd just like offer tips and ask me where I'm struggling and that type of thing. But sometimes he would call me up and he's like, oh, hi, Tom. Hey, Colt, slow down. And then he would hang up. Because <laughs> 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 um, he just, I mean, it wasn't like he was observing my show. He didn't have a chance to see me perform in that week or whatever, but he knew that that's almost always valuable guidance. And one of my favorite storytellers, actually regret, I can't remember his name, but I remember the name of the TED Talk is called The Gospel of Doubt. Okay, got to write that down. Oh my word, I'm just blown away by this individual's capacity to tell a story. I'm floored. And, and when I need to remind myself how to engage an audience that's just like jaw open, that engaged with what you're putting down, I, I, I will rewatch the gospel of doubt as a Ted talk. So good. I wrote that down. I will check that out today because yeah. you recommended, but yeah, you know, the pacing is really critical because we're always like when we're in elementary school, can't wait to get to high school and high school. Can't wait to get to college. Can't, uh. College can't wait. And, we're, and then now we get to be in our fifties and like, man, I wish I was in high school again. Cause all you had to do is your homework. This is before, this is before you had a job, right? Maybe you had to cut a lawn or something like that. So we're always in a hurry. Why? You only get one life. I want to live every day to my purpose mm. and ring it out for all it's worth. Why am I rushing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, repeat, you know, why? Cause now all of a sudden you go from 25 to 35 to 45 to 55 to 95. And it's like, Oh man, slow down. Yeah. 
enjoy. You can't smell the roses if you're constantly moving. You have to stop, walk over to the rose, and smell it. And I think, I think your 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 mentor when you're a magician gave you great advice. It applies to us today. <sighs> Slow down. True. Why are you in a hurry? Now, if you're a firefighter, if you are a first responder, a police officer. Please hurry. Okay. <laughs> for the rest of us, you yeah. know, I don't want my I don't want my surgeon to rush the operation. Yeah. I want him to take as long as he needs to take. So uh, I want to say two things on this. One is there's a there's an Alan Watts piece which is phenomenal about this, and he talks about uh, people have this this urgency thing that you're talking about, and you think about life as as music, right? So if if it was really about getting through it as quickly as possible, the greatest musicians would be the ones who had the crescendo in, in the first half second. Like, oh, <laughs> what a phenomenal musician. But it's really about dancing to the music along the way. But but there's a struggle, I think, that, that Mark, you and I need to be able to speak to in a responsible way about this balance between being passionate and like you said, when you wake up, oh, got to get into it. I'm stoked. I'm going to make this, you know, uh, multi-million people uh, impact on the world with productivity hairy audacious goal that takes that takes hustle it takes urgency um it, it takes in some ways arguably the opposite of slow down how do you find that balance mm-hmm. i wish i had an answer for you i don't yeah. have an answer because i try to live in the moment because yeah. i know that that goal is not going to happen this week, this year, this decade. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so I wake up and say, what do I have to do today? One of the people I used to train under, Brendan Burchard, says most of your activities, 80% of your activities should be spent on needle moving activities. Well, Mark, what's a needle moving activity? Well, you got to have a goal first. Yeah. Because if you don't have a goal, well, what are you going to do? So you got to, it starts with the goal. You have to reverse engineer it. Start with the goal, then determine what are the steps. Okay. Then you get down to what do I have to do today? What do I have to do this hour? But a lot of people go through life and I'm sure you see this as well. They're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And they just spend all the time on their phones and they're not doing anything. <laughs> and that's because they have no purpose because they've never taken the time to expose themselves. See how we're all wrapping this around like a Dave Chappelle show. They never <laughs> expose themselves to new things, yeah. new people, new yeah. experiences. And, you know, all of a sudden, oh, I really love that. But you didn't expose yourself to it. So you're just like the hamster running on a wheel. And I find that so sad when I find someone 50s and 60s or 70s I'm like oh man my life is a waste i'm like well first of all you're still living so it's not too late we live in a world where you can go online and do anything you can teach things online yep, yep. so you don't give up if you still have a pulse you have a purpose but for me it's i love what i do so much and my BHAG excites me so much that i wake up every day not every day is a good day i'm not a multi-billionaire i don't have all kinds of money and i don't sleep in a bed of money but it's not about the money. It's right. about your mindset. Are you excited? Do you wake up excited every day or do you wake up every day going, oh, got to go to work again? Then you got to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. And can you get excited about being uncomfortable? Yes. Yes. Don't forget, Steve Harvey said, if you want to be successful, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. When I heard him say that, I'm like, wow, that is powerful. Because yeah. like we said earlier, people don't want to be uncomfortable. They want the temperature in their house, the perfect temperature, like the three little bears, not too hot, not too cold, just right. But 
I, to me, that's a boring life. I don't know what the listener, I don't know about you. I got to imagine you don't like a boring life. I do not like a boring life. No. And I, it's almost, it's almost, I have the opposite problem where, um, that slowdown thing, this is why I asked you the slowdown thing is my struggle, right? So, uh, and ironically, my, my alarm goes off in the morning and it's a song called slow down. And it's, I'm, I'm trying to remind myself of the importance and value of doing that, but I am the kind of individual who literally struggles with stillness. Um, mm. and, and that's, that's a discomfort that moves me. And I have a lot of people who say, man, I really, I just admire how product, productive you are and how much you've gotten done and just how you're going after it. And it's almost like, well, I appreciate that, but I don't think you'd want to, I don't know if you'd want it because the way it happens for me is comes from like a real discomfort from stillness. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people who are massively productive are, are, are dealing with a real discomfort in stillness. So uh, I'm. I really am trying to find the best balance that that allows me to be in stillness without discomfort. Um, but I, I know I value the discomfort because it's made all of this possible for me. So what about? I I agree with you. It's like at night at my parents' house. You know, we'd all be sitting around the neighbors talking, and I could do it for five or ten minutes. I'm like. Man, I could write a blog post. Like, I could, yes. like, I, I'm, that's the way I am. I'm like, okay, what's the point? Because they're all retired. You know, my wife oh, and I were yeah. there. <laughs> they're all retired. I'm like, but this is my bent. I love what I do. And yeah. I, I tell you, listener, when you find what you love to do, you'll not want to, like Seth Golden says, don't, you know, instead of planning vacation, instead of escaping your life, why don't you create a life that you don't want to escape from? So, no matter where I am, I'm always thinking about a podcast right. idea, a blog idea, because I love what I do. And you get there when you finally find what you want to do. And remember, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Yeah, okay? I'm with you. So, so. I-, I wonder if we have time, I-, I can lay out a little bit of process for actually how to get there. Oh, let's do it. So the first thing is, and you were talking about reading on planes. I have a book that I do highly recommend, which is called A Technique for Producing Ideas. It's it's so small, you could actually read this book while taxiing. <laughs> uh, a, a Technique for Producing Ideas. It's it's a phenomenal book. Uh, really, like it, it lays out how you can become a person who can consistently produce ideas. And an idea that you're looking for in this case is the idea of your own purpose. Mm. So it's really, it's five simple steps. It's gather material, it's think, it's take a break, then the idea happens, and then you go ahead and, and implement or develop the idea. So in the is case that of... What's that? your book? No. Oh, I wish. Actually, when I read this book, this book is like 60 years old or something. It's by James Webb Young. When I read this book, I was like, this is my damn process. You can't publish my stuff. (laughs) 60 years ago? Yeah, totally. Uh, But the reality is this is how the brain actually works. It's when you understand that this is how the brain works, that you Mm. can become much more effective at leveraging that process. Now, again, the steps gather material, think, take a break, the idea comes, and then you put it to work. In the case of purpose, there is a precursor to knowing your purpose, which is knowing your values. And what I want to recommend in this idea of the gathering, which is a step, step one, the gathering of information, gather the information of your values. Use note cards, use post-it notes, use uh, a computer notes app, whatever you want to do. Get rocks and a Sharpie. I don't like what I don't, it's like whatever. Or do a mind map. Mind mapping is a really great, it's an effective way to engage more parts of your brain than left to right black and white writing is. Crayons. Anyway. Put your values on paper on something where you can have them in front of you, right? And then take some time to absorb 
what you have put in front of you. Get it out of your head. Get it out and in, in, into the world. These are my values. This is what matters to me. Gather it, move it around, organize it, categorize it, play with the information, right? This is step two, right? Where you're working with the information. Then step three, this to me is the most important step. Walk away. Yeah. That's how the brain actually works. Give it time. Take your walk. Take your vacation. Go for a swim. Hit the gym. Maybe you've got to do that for an hour. Maybe you've got to do that for a week. Maybe you've got to do that for three months. Step away from it, right? But once you've established the foundation of putting your values out in a way you can understand them, let the brain do its work. You'll come up with your purpose. Trust that process. I I love how you started with values because I would gather that out of almost 8 billion people on this planet, I'm going to say probably 65 to 75% have never thought about their values before. They just get up, they go through the motions, they go to bed, and they repeat. And I encourage the listener to do something different. Be an outlier. Start thinking about your values. There's, these are your values. There's no values. Police are going to come and arrest you. We're not going to check your work. <laughs> go through the exercise. Colton, this has been an incredible conversation with you. I mean, we we covered so much on this on this show today. It, it's probably someone. It's probably an episode someone's going to listen to again because we went through so much. So, any final words before we before I ask you where we can find out more about you? Any any last minute bits of wisdom you want to leave for people? I mean, I think we've covered it, right? We're just not equipped in our public education to get this done. I just encourage everybody, like you were saying, we're in total agreement on this, you and I. Start with your values, let your purpose emerge, and get the exposure opportunities. If I had to sum up the whole thing, that'd be it right there. Excellent. So I know people want to know where they can go find out more about you and the dent you're putting in the universe, the tip of the hat to Steve Jobs there. So where can we go to do that? ScrappyAFSolutions.com is where you can find me. I'm also on LinkedIn, Colt Briner. All right. Well, sir, thank you for an incredibly insightful, delightful, energetic conversation. It was a pleasure having you here. Right on. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.